Welcome back, everyone, for another edition of the Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and anyone who's interested in life here at Rockhurst. The end of March is near, which means Women's History Month is coming to a close. So this week, we have a special guest with us, Emma Rapp. Emma was recently promoted to Director of Student Life at Rockhurst, and she's going to talk about her journey to that position, as well as what's on tap for students in April. We will also check in on current events with our resident political science major, Niel Arroyo. But first, let's introduce our cast for today. List your name, hometown, major, year, and the best thing that happened to you the last week. Okay, so yes, so my name is Brianna Murrell. I'm majoring in physics of medicine and bioethics, and I'm a junior here at Rockhurst. I would say the best thing that happened to me last week was definitely the MLK commemoration um, that we did. It was based off the marches in Selma. And um, myself and another um, BSU member, we were able to, eboard member, we were able to kind of emcee the event and we also um, did poetry. So it was really fun. Hey everyone, it's Niel again. Um, my hometown is Kansas City, woo woo, from the area. Uh, my major is political science and theatrical arts. I often leave theatrical arts out. So let me just say theatrical arts as well. <laughs> um, I'm a sophomore here at Rockets University. The best thing that happened to me last week, I am um, now a part of the student organization of Latinos Executive Board. I was elected as a public relations chair. So I'm looking forward to commencing my work uh, as public relations chair and also I had the honor of participating in the MLK commemoration last week as well, performing. Um, so that was a fun experience. Hi everyone, I'm Emma Rapp. I'm the director of Student Life here at Rockhurst. Um, I'm also from Kansas City. This is my hometown. I grew up in Lee Summit and currently live there as well. So that is a super fun connection. Um, the best thing that happened to me last week, um, we're currently in the process of interviewing for our orientation leaders. And so last week I was able to interview, but also just meet and chat with so many different students that I do not normally get to chat with on a day-to-day -day basis. And so that was really exciting for me to meet some of our newer students. Hi everyone, my name is Sydney Truesdale. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a senior nursing student this year, minoring in Spanish. The best thing that happened to me last week, it has been a crazy couple of weeks for me. So probably the best thing that's happened was I have to do 12, 13 clinical shifts and I only have two left. I knocked out a bunch of them last week and they were all um, really good and I feel more comfortable like doing stuff on my own. So it's just a personal progress goal for me last week. Nothing super exciting, but I'm looking forward to being done. <laughs> okay, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, comment, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you wanna watch us as a Zoomcast, you can find us at youtube.com slash rockers talk. If you have any questions or topic ideas or are interested in being a guest co-host, send us a DM on Instagram at Rockhurst University or contact us through rockers.edu. So we are so thrilled to have Emma Rapp with us here today. She's our Director of Student Life here at Rockers. Emma, glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to chat with you all today. So Emma, I'm about a month and a half from graduation. 
And I'd like to know, do you remember what it was like for you as a senior and how, how was that process for you? How were the first few years of college or after college? Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yes. So a privilege I have in working with college students every day is that I can remember my college experience like the back of my hand because different experiences that you all have kind of spark memories for me or remind me of when I was a freshman or a junior or even graduating as a senior. Um, I will be honest, I was one of the seniors that did not know what she was going to do when graduation came. Um, It wasn't until about February of my senior year that I decided to go to graduate school. And so I was in a rush to apply for any of you that know when those deadlines approach. That is very late in the game um, for the most part. But um, I took a while to kind of decide what I was wanting to do. And In my outside of the classroom experiences, I was involved in almost everything. And so I finally looked at my orientation advisor and was asking him, how can I, how can I do what you're doing? How can I work with college students every day? I love what I do outside of the classroom. Um, And I've learned things in the classroom, obviously, but my passion area is what I'm involved in after class. Um, And so from there... I decided I wanted to go to graduate school. Um, And so that was a little chaotic, if I'm being honest, because it was my last semester right before graduation. And I finally decided I was like going to graduate school. So I applied, I was accepted, and then was frantically trying to find a graduate assistantship um, and was lucky enough to land a graduate assistantship at Missouri State University in the Dean of Students office. And so those first few years after college, I was still in college. So going to graduate school, but also being able to work with college students every day and being able to learn from students and my colleagues. Um, And I spent a lot of time working with students in their outside of the classroom involvement. And so that may not be the typical graduation story. I feel lucky that I was able to spend the next two years really investing in my future Um, and gaining as many skills as I possibly could to set me up for success in finding my first full-time job after graduate school. So Emma, we know you've been around for some time. If we haven't met you in person, we've certainly heard of you. We've heard of Emma Rapp, and we know you work closely with our student body. Um, So tell us a little bit about your journey here at Rockhurst. How, How did you get to where you are now and our understanding that you've recently promoting. How's that going? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, I'm glad students know who I am. I've, I've tried um, really hard since coming to Rockers to be able to connect with as many students as I can and as many student organizations as I can too. Um, So prior to coming to Rockhurst, like I said, I was in graduate school, um, and during those two years, I really said yes to every student affairs or higher education experience I could get my hands on. So whether that was in my graduate assistantship role or I did um, an internship in New York and in a local school in Springfield as well, that wasn't where I was attending class, um, I really think that helped me find what areas of higher education I wanted to work in. And so my two passion areas, if you'll 
say are really fraternity and sorority life or student engagement um, and then new student orientation. And so when I was graduating from graduate school, I was looking for roles that maybe touched on either one of those areas and tried to be as intentional as I possibly could um, in applying for those first time roles. Yes, I knew I needed a job, but I also wanted to love what I was doing every day. And so that was important to me, too. Um, and so from there, I applied for a role at Creighton University and was fortunate enough to get it. And so prior to coming to Rockhurst, I spent almost three years at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, but I always knew I wanted to come back to Kansas City. I had shared earlier, I grew up in Lee Summit. I was really excited to return home um, and be closer to my family. And so when the assistant director of student life position became available here at Rockhurst, I knew I had to apply and was lucky enough to interview, um, come to campus, be able to meet students and other colleagues here, and was lucky to receive the position and, of course, accepted. Um, so that's kind of what started my journey here at Rockhurst. And I knew from the minute I stepped on campus at my on like on campus interview that I loved it here. The students were so excited to connect with me. Um, like we're laughing and joking. Everyone that I interviewed with throughout the day, like staff and faculty members were so welcoming. And so my first day on the job, I was just so excited to be here. Um, and so from then, I have spent time while being at Rockhurst trying to connect with as many students as possible. In that role, I advised fraternity and sorority life, student activities board, um, was able to do some alcohol and other drug education programming, worked on family and alumni weekend, um, and then, of course, some other random things, whatever curveballs were thrown each day. Um, but I really wanted to spend time and be intentional in getting to know different student groups that maybe I didn't directly advise either. Um, and so that was really exciting and fun. And then COVID hit. Um, so while I was really excited, I had only spent a semester here at Rockhurst before we moved remote. And so that, of course, was a whole new transition. And how do we engage students virtually um, while we don't have, while we're not physically being able to meet? Um, so that's kind of prior to being the director of student life. And then over this past summer, our previous director had decided to move on to a new opportunity and the role opened up. And so I was really excited to apply and interview and eventually be promoted to director of student life. And it, it just has been so exciting, but also overwhelming and totally a learning curve. But um, definitely a large part of my rocker's journey as well. Um, and I feel really excited and lucky because being a director of student life has been one of my goals since being in graduate school. Um, I knew I wanted to continue to work with students and be able to help you all enhance your experience while being at a university. And I just feel lucky that I've been able to do that at Rockhurst and stay within our community and just continue to learn from you all, as well as the other staff and faculty members here. Nice. I never really knew like um, how you started off with like thinking about Rockhurst and then coming here. So like that's very interesting. It's good to know. Yeah, it definitely, um, I will say it definitely fell into place. Um, 
and was really nerve wracking, but really exciting because it was a large move for me anyway. I like that. And I know you talked a little bit about um, graduate school and like a little bit of that journey as well. So I'm kind of interested, like, do you have any advice for college juniors and seniors who are getting close to graduation and trying to figure out what they want to do next after records? My biggest piece of advice is just to remember that you have time. It's okay. Um, you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, which I share this with students all of the time when I'm talking with you all, but um, I find it so interesting that we just nationwide assume that 17 and 18 year olds will know what they want to do with the rest of their life when they enter into university, to our university bubble, our university world. Um, and so it's okay if you don't know what you want to do even when you're a junior or a senior. I'm a perfect example of that. I wasn't sure what I was gonna do. I enjoyed going to school, I enjoyed my classes, but I wasn't sure what that next step was for me. Um, outside of that, I think a big piece of advice for students is to focus in on what you're passionate about um, and see how you can weave that into your day-to-day -day life. Now, I'm realistic also in the fact that our passion areas may not be able to provide an income or may not be able to be a career path for us, but how can you still weave in the areas that you are excited about and bring you joy every day into your full-time job? So whether that's through creating a committee where you're working or doing volunteer work or utilizing the time that you're not in your office, you still need to be able to spend time on things that bring you joy in your passion area. Because work is only from, for me, eight to 4.30. And there's so much other time outside of the office that you can spend investing in yourself and the things that make you happy. I feel lucky that my job is an area that I'm passionate about. And so I'm able to connect with students daily. Every day is something different. Um, but I also know that's not the norm for every person. And so still making sure that you, you are having time for yourself and what brings you joy and excitement. So it is Women's History Month and I was really excited that we got the opportunity to interview you. Um, I feel like the director of student life is a really big position at Rockhurst and, um, I think it's really awesome that we have a woman who's like leading the way. But as another woman, like moving forward into the career world, is there any kind of special advice you would have from, for women specifically from your experiences or, um, you know, some kind of mentor or person that you looked up to and how did that, how did that impact the way that you moved through the world and, and your experiences and like, what did you learn from them? Sorry, that's a long question. You no, that's okay. Any part of that to answer. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I'll try not to keep to have my answer be super long. Um, but I think a big thing is yes to having mentors, um, especially female mentors. I think that that's huge and it's something that can be super rare to find. Um, I feel fortunate that throughout my graduate 
school career, I was able to connect with a couple of women at Missouri State that were doing things that I was hopeful to do in the future. Um, and not just career-wise, but also being able to have a family and find that balance between the two um, because I decided early on that that was also important to me and a goal of mine as well. Um, and so I intentionally found mentors that that was also their goal so that I could learn from them and be able to see what worked well from that from what they did um, but also creating a relationship that could be vulnerable so challenges that maybe they had they could share with me and I could learn from that as well um, I was just talking to our leadership class yesterday about mentorship relationships um, because it is a relationship. It's not a one-way street, it's a two-way street. And while it's exciting to find a mentor that you connect with, it's also about how can you create a space where you can support them too. Not only learning from your mentor and um, taking all this information and knowledge from them, but how can you give back to them also? And what can you provide to the relationship? And so keeping that in mind is a huge piece there. Um, one piece of advice or um, more so a TED talk, but this is from a faculty, <laughs> faculty member at Creighton. Um, Dr. Georges, she did a TED talk on generational workplace and different situations or scenarios that happen in the workplace and how can we work with different generations throughout our career. Um, and one of the big pieces that she had quoted was the power of onlyness, which is now the textbook I use in my leadership class. Um, but a big takeaway from that book is that each of us have our own onlyness that we can bring to the table. Nobody has the experiences that we each have. So while it happens to be a woman giving this TED talk and a woman author, I think that this advice can go for anybody um, to just remember that your experiences are unique to who you are. And while you may be in the same organization or multiple organizations as 10, 10 of the people you have class with, but each of your experiences are different and you still bring something else to the table that no matter what you're involved in or have think is the same as the next person, it's not. Um, and so that's something that's like my biggest piece of advice. And I have a post-it on my desk that reminds me every day to use my onlyness to bring it to the table so that no matter what ideas or advice or hopes that I have to continue to share those and feel empowered to do that um, because it is different than the next person. And so I share that with students too. Just remember that your experiences matter and your ideas matter. And so continue to bring them up, continue to feel heard in that way. I love that idea. That's really good advice. Yeah, read the book. I totally I recommend it. Yeah, I <laughs> use it for um, the leadership class that I teach here. And the students seem to be really receptive to the book, too. And it's not your typical textbook. So hopefully it continues to keep you engaged. Do you teach that class? Or yeah. are you 
Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it comes out of the Office of Student Life. And so I um, started teaching it when I was the assistant director of Student Life and then currently teach it. And then I'm hoping that Turin James will be able to teach it in the future as well. Okay, cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So I think that's really cool that you teach that class. And for the people at home, I would just like to say that Emma Rapp is very organized. And the reason why I say that is because on her desk, she has colorful pens and I'm obsessed with colorful pens. And I have like a different color that goes with every single topic in my planner. And I'm sure she too. <laughs> uh, I would just like to give a shout out. <laughs> but I don't know if you know, but I'm a small business owner for the past few years. And from what I understand, you also started a small business. So can you talk about what it is and how it started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so it's kind of random. I will preface that now. Um, so I make custom denim jackets or like embellished denim jackets. That's like the best way to describe it because I, I don't actually do the sewing of the denim jackets, but I just add things to them to make them unique or special to whoever will be wearing them. Um, so it's called I do denim and it really started super randomly actually. And I give all props to my girlfriends because they were the ones that totally pumped me up and were like, you need to start posting this on Instagram and selling these and whatever. Um, so it started, oh gosh, like back when the chiefs were going into the Super Bowl, like the first time. And I like had a jean jacket in my closet that one of my friends gave as like a bridesmaids gift and it had my name on it and the pictures were super cute, but I was like, you know, it'd be super fun if this was chiefs themed or like Kansas city themed so that I could wear it watching the games and like cheer on the team, whatever. Um, I'm not super athletic. I'm not really into sports, but I'm way more into the social aspect. So like, how can I support small businesses, get cool t-shirts and hang out with all my friends while we're watching the games. And so I really thought this idea of a unique or custom jacket would be fun. Um, so I made my own and like all my girlfriends were like, we need one. Like we need one of these. Can you make me one too? This is what I want it to look like, blah, blah, blah. So I just started making them for my friends. And then they were like, Emma, you need to sell these or like put it on Instagram or just like see what would happen. Um, and I was like the typical, no way, no one's going to buy these like imposter syndrome to the extreme. I'm like, no, like you guys can just wear them and like, whatever. I even had my friends like buying them as gifts for people for like their weddings. And I just started doing a bunch of different designs. And so eventually <laughs> my fiance was like, Emma, just do it. And it, what's the biggest, like, what's the biggest, baddest thing that can happen, whatever. It's like, you're right. But no, if no one follows me or like, no one likes it. He's like, so what, then you'll be doing the same thing you're doing now. And like your girlfriends will just be advertising it for you. So I ended up making an Instagram and it just kind of took off. Um, so I like have done styled shoots more popularly now are like bridal 
denim jackets or like wedding denim jackets for either the bride or her like bridesmaids or whoever's a part of her wedding party um, or like gifts for bridal showers, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's just really taken off. So on Instagram, people will reach out to me. I've set up emails. Um, I was nominated for Kansas City's The Pitch Best of KC. And so was like, yeah, super, it, that was super cool. I will say um, I was shocked and um, like had people voting online. And so was actually like I Do Denim was published in the Best of Kansas City version of the magazine um and another local magazine called voyage kc did a story about me as well and so it's just been a really fun creative outlet i like have always loved doing crafts and like scrapbooking and um like my sister always laughs because like in college I was making hats and headbands that now you would never wear. But like at the time I was like selling them to people. <laughs> um, but now I feel like I've kind of found my niche a little or niche a little bit. Um, uh, yeah. So custom jackets, people will reach out and email me and it's really fun. And I've been able to do some super unique ones and have actually like mailed jackets all over the country, which is really fun too. So I've kind of been tracking that and um, it's just kind of a unique side hustle that allows me to still be creative, but also connect with other people on social media, but also in our community, which has been extremely cool to learn how other small businesses run. Um, especially in the wedding industry and like being able to connect for photo shoots. And um, I love just kind of getting to know people's stories. So this has been a cool opportunity to be able to do that in a different way that is outside of Rockhurst and outside of college age students as well. Good for you. That is so cool. Oh my God. I had no <laughs> idea. It was, yeah, I had no idea. It was like, like such a like legit like I didn't oh it's like kind of crazy that. yeah that's awesome oh my god we have a celebrity right now oh no please no. <laughs> that is so no. go follow I do denim I literally do yeah <laughs> I did make myself a Rockhurst one and I'm like waiting for the spring so I can wear it because I love it yeah didn't you make jackets for something for SAB last year or did I make that yeah and I'm doing that it? yeah um I'm doing it again this year actually so Ooh. denim day which is a part of sexual assault awareness month yeah is in April and so last year student activities board asked me to make like custom jean jackets for um, like a social media raffle of people participating in Denim Day in our community. And I am really excited and feel lucky that they asked me to do it again this year. And so um, not only is it like helping support me and like get, I do denim out there, but um, getting more students to participate in Denim Day, I think is a huge win and brings more awareness to Sexual Assault Awareness Month. and the programs that we're doing on campus and the educational outlets that we have too. So that it's, it's super cool. Yeah. Really cool. Really nice. That's so good to know. Thank and you. Something like so important that you said, I don't know if anyone missed it, but like, as far as like the imposter syndrome and like, what if I don't get followers? I remember something that someone told me is that 
some people like, oh, I only got 50 likes or something. But then someone else is like, but if 50 people, imagine it, it being 50 people coming to see you and like what you do and like the things. Yes. That and like when you have like that mindset, like it's like, wow, you got a point, you know? So yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really great perspective, Brie, because I use that at Rockhurst too. Um, you guys know, like we put out programs from our office all of the time and it can be really easy to think students don't like these programs or I don't know if students are going to show up or how, who knows if they think this is cool enough or you know, like we're not in college anymore. So we're just trying to relate and provide opportunities for you all. And in my mind, I just think even if one student shows up to the event, it makes a difference because whatever we're trying to put out there, it's important for somebody. And so I encourage you all as student leaders to use Bree's mindset, because even if only one student attends your event, it still makes a difference. And they, that may be their favorite thing from this week, like what you were sharing earlier at the beginning, that that could be their favorite event from the week, the month, or the semester. So your hard work is still worth it. So Emma, sort of transitioning into this broader conversation of student life, which is at the mm -hmm. crux of your work. Um, we've all seen some of your stuff around campus. We've heard from Emma Rapp at some point or another. Um, and as the weather gets warmer here on campus, we're expecting a plethora of events. Um, so what can students expect in April or in May? What sort of things uh, does Rockers have planned? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, some awesome programs going on or coming up. Um, exciting or scary, we only have like five weeks left of the semester. So we are trying to pack everything in, uh-huh. We are trying to pack everything in in these next five weeks. Um, so I'll kind of do a 30,000 foot view of what we've got going on in April. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so um, the Office of Title IX with some student organization collaborations has gotten, they, they have a lot of programs prepared for the month. So be checking the digital signage to see what is going on there. Um, we also have Fraternity and Sorority Life Unity Week coming up. We have Hawk Wild Week coming up as well. And then Rock Stock at the very end of April. Um, yes, so kind of a lot of opportunities for the entire student body to be able to attend events. Um, in May, we will also have um, Senior Retreat is happening. We've got Senior Fest going on. So a Student Activities Board sponsored event just for seniors graduating. So that will be super awesome. And then of course, baccalaureate and graduation and always weekly mass happening too. Where can Rocker students find the info on any activities they need um, if they kind of want to explore and see what they might be interested in? Where can they go? Yeah. I love this question. Thank you for asking. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce Rockspace to our campus community as well. Rockspace is a tile in the portal, and this is our student life platform where all of our student organizations are registered, but also where they should be registering the events coming up. So if you are a student or a faculty or staff member, you have access to this area, or even if you're a prospective student, you can visit 
the website. You can't log in, but you can still see what events and student organizations are offered. And from there, those events will also be put on the digital signs. So if you check out Rockspace, you'll be able to log in with your RU credentials, see what events are coming up, and then from there, be able to decide what fits in your schedule or what events are of interest to you too. Please do, please use Rockspace. I've had to tussle myself with the Rockspace. Hey, <laughs> it is a shift. We haven't had anything like this before. And so I'm really excited um, for students to get in there and see what it can do for you all. Um, I was just talking to Sydney about their Active Minds event next week um, and getting that in because that's where you can put your posters now and get them on the TVs. Um, and hopefully we can be a little bit more sustainable as well and start advertising our events digitally instead of posting posters all over campus too. Yeah, there's a lot of good benefits with it. I think it has a lot of potential. I think um, once people um, warm up to it, start using it, it'll, it'll grow from there. And I feel like it's going to be really helpful for students. So what Niall said, check it out. That's so <laughs> yes. I know Quick Definitely. Launch. I know Quick Launch has an app and it makes it so much easier because it's automatically logged in. So I think if people also mm -hmm. said like you don't have to manually log in every time they go to Rockspace, I think um, yeah. that would be cool them too. <laughs> Yeah, and there's even a calendar view too. So like if you click on the calendar view, you can really see any of the events offered um, and be able to see like if there's a super program heavy day or like if you have class, what to avoid, that sort of thing. Well, thank you, Emma, for joining us today and for everything you do for our Rockers community. We're very thrilled to have you here today, have you conversate with us today. Thank you for your insights. Um, is there a way that students can contact you if they need to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, feel free to email me. That's the best way. I will say, give me like at least 24 hours to respond. Um, I'm usually quick, but I don't want you to be hanging up on me. So um, feel free to shoot me an email. It's emma.rapp, R-A-P-P, at rockers.edu. We've heard it from Ms. Rapp herself. She's definitely <laughs> out there. So make sure you reach out if you do have any concerns. Uh, she's great. Thank you very much again for, for all you do here at Rockers. No, thank you guys. I couldn't do it without you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
to be a hegemonic leader and aid Ukraine. What a hegemonic leader means is like um, take a stance uh, either in your region or as, as a globe and be that power. Um, that's what President Zelensky has uh, called for from uh, President Biden. Um, and since then, I'm sure you've seen it all, um, if not on the news, probably on social media, the president of the United States has also spoken out against Vladimir Putin. Um, and there has been a number of different mentionings of Ukraine joining the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. We've all probably heard of NATO, um, military alliance, um, and a number of other international organizations have been serving possible contributions of peace accord. Um, there's been talk about a peace proposal from Ukraine. Um, but as we know it now, Russia is pretty stern in its efforts to continue a forceful strategy. Um, even now, Ukraine has began counterattacks. That's all through the news right now. Um, and we've all seen the firsthand accounts of civilians, um, the bombings of hospitals, I know a while back, um, and other everyday facilities that have resulted in, in deaths of both Ukrainians and, and Russian soldiers. So as I see it, uh, I mean, I don't see this ending anytime soon, but surely we ought to hope that there be a de-escalation um, as, we, as we follow the conflict very closely. I saw a notification the other day that Ukraine had talked about, you know, wanting neutrality and being like, you know, if we're not like this, this is, there's just loss of life on both sides and it's going nowhere. And they were like, we will accept neutrality. And it was like, maybe that will happen, maybe it won't happen. And then Russia had said, maybe it was going to scale back the invasions. And then that obviously didn't happen, which is really unfortunate um, that it has to continue. So there's definitely been like this, there's definitely been like this global push and like initiative for there to be peace accord. I think as a globe, you know, ideally that would be uh, most appropriate, but as we have seen it, um, even with the push for there to be peace accord, Russia is, is being cornered uh, to be contributive in peace matters. Um, but as we've seen it recently, um, they're not scaling back. They're not scaling back. They continue to be pretty stern in their efforts, in their military actions, forceful strategy. Places are still being bombed. People are still being affected. Um, people are still living in fear, which is the saddest part. Um, people can't live in their quotidian settings where they've lived for the entirety of their life, if not most of their life. Um, and they're living in fear. I can't even begin to imagine um, here in the United States, in Kansas City, um, having lived here, being a local here for the entirety of my life and having to like at all times be cautious and like weary and just aware of at any point I could lose my life or I could lose someone else. This is baffling, it's baffling to me. Hopefully by the time we film the next episode, peace is closer to happening and we can talk about how things are coming to an end or have ended. Um, but for now, that's our show for today. And we wanna thank Emma again for being our guest. Um, she's 
awesome. And we're so lucky at Rockhurst here to have her. And now for the insights on Ukraine, um, please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you soon. So for Brianna Merle, Emma Rapp, Niel Arroyo, and me, Sydney Truzel, we will see you next time. <laughs> I feel like I'm on one of those Snapchat things where it's like, we will see you next time. <laughs>